Carol Roth is joining us in just a second. She is a former investment banker. I've got so many questions for her. First of all, the rising mortgage rates. Should you buy a house? Not buy a house? What? I mean, what do you do? Lots of questions coming in to me every day. So do I buy something? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Don't don't listen to me for investment advice. I heard something on when I was doing seconds. prep and stuff this morning that there is uh, – that the the market's showing the very first signs of cooling off. Oh yeah, is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, accurate? Yeah, you're starting to see house housing prices go down. Mm. the The mortgage um, business, I think, has gone down forty percent just in the last, mm. you know, two months. Uh, I heard that people are now getting take get this taking less than their listed price for homes. Is that true? Can that happen? Is that allowed? <laughs> no, it never goes down. I thought it was supposed no. to only be 20% above asking. Yeah, it never goes mm. down. And this really interesting thing from the the uh, Federal Reserve uh, from St. Louis saying we need 3.5% interest right now. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It's Friday. I want to take a last look at the economy for the week and your money in particular. Carol Roth joins us in 60 seconds. Right now, out there somewhere, there's a cyber criminal who needs your help. For just pennies a day, he can you can ensure that he has running water, food, electricity, transportation, and an Xbox with plenty of games. Occasional trips to SeaWorld, movie tickets, and everything else that he might need to survive. What do you have that you can donate to these cyber criminals? When I say pennies a day, I mean a lot of pennies. Like, all of your pennies. Uh, maybe even a few you haven't even made yet. That's what cyber criminals do. And uh, it's called identity theft. And they can just, they can destroy not only your financial well-being... But they destroy all of the credibility that you have built up over the years of being good for whatever you have promised to pay. Be good for a loan. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock will help protect you. And if they find a problem, they notify you. And then also they have a team to help you clean it up. Join now. Get 25% off your first year with promo code BACK. Call 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BACK. Save 25%. It's lifelock.com. Promo code BACK, 1-800-LIFELOCK. 
Carol Roth, a recovering investment baker and the author of The War on Small Business. She has just released a new article. You'll find it at theblaze.com. Creative ways to to combat inflation. Carol, I went over that with the audience yesterday. Um, really, really good and so much better than uh, uh, take the bus. And what, what did they say? Eat lentils, lentils, Eat some yeah. lentils. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Bloomberg, for that. <laughs> Go big on lentils. So g- grab that article now at theblaze.com. Creative ways to help combat inflation. She has some really good advice on what people should be doing right now to save. Um, let me ask you about. Uh, the uh, mortgage situation. I'm getting a ton of calls and emails from people that say, should I buy? So should I buy a home or not buy a home? What, what do you have any advice on that or any insight? All right. So I'll give insight because we're not allowed to give financial advice. Uh, This is the disclaimer. This is not financial advice. This is just information for you to research and to consider. So there are a couple of things to think about. Um, this is, again, a rule of thumb um, for every 1% that a mortgage rate goes up, you are going to add about 10% to the cost of your home over the time that you buy the home. So, you know, as you can as you see it kind of tick up and tick up, you know, if, if you wait and you have to get a higher and higher mortgage rate, just keep in mind that, you know, that's going to add 10% on the back end, which you're not seeing up front when you pay it. Um, I also heard I was with um, Neil Cavuto earlier this week, and, and he gave me a statistic that apparently the breaking point where it becomes unaffordable for people to buy homes, um, and we haven't seen this in a while, so I just don't know how accurate it is today, is 5.75%. So apparently um, that's kind of what the industry thinks is the magic number. There are a couple of competing things that we have going on right now. Um, we obviously have home prices that have been severely inflated because because of the Federal Reserve's intervention in the market. But we also have now a, um, a situation where our dollars are going to be worth less, so we need to have hard assets. We also have a severe undersupply of homes in the market. After the Great Recession financial crisis, that next decade, we were underbuilt by, you know, kind of four to five million homes. So depending on who you ask, uh, four to five plus million homes that we need in terms of the, the housing for individuals. And we've obviously had a slowdown on immigration. So we know the Biden administration is going to ramp that up again. There's going to be more demand for housing. So I would imagine that even if there is some pullback, you know, for some point in time, the fact that we have such undersupply and it's going to take so long to fill that in is going to at some point provide a level support, not to mention, as we've talked about, Glenn, and we've written some articles at The Blaze about, um, you've got these corporations who are flush with cash who are coming in and being buyers. So you've got more buyers than just homeowners in the market. That also provides some support for pricing at some point. I I really hate the uh, expression, yeah, but this time it's different because it usually never is. But this time... Uh, there is one additional element, and that is we don't have a glut of housing. We, we actually no. have the opposite problem. Um, now, let me ask you this, because the interest rates at the banks are already going up for your loans. Uh, and it's up. <laughs> it's already up in the fours in some places close to five. Over five. Yeah. Um, and 
yet the banks are only paying 0.5% interest for the loans, correct? Uh, I don't know the exact amount that's sort of the national average now, but in terms of um, the spreads, obviously a rising interest rate environment is more favorable to banks. And we have a situation where banks are flush with cash from what's been going on over the last couple of years. So even if you have savings in your bank, um, they're not going to be paying you very much on that because they don't need to incentivize people to give them more money. Right. No, I'm I'm asking about the the way you curb inflation is the fed charges the banks more money more uh, more interest for them to borrow money from the fed to be able to lend it out so they're paying maybe two percent you're paying five percent and uh they get to keep the three percent that two percent goes back to be burned Right. Yeah. So I so I don't I, I don't have the specific kind of number of on average of where banks are in terms of their capital to give you a really specific answer. I can answer that next time. But yes, that is sort of the spread. That's how banks make money. Right. right. They, they take it. They take money at a lower rate. They they put it out at Correct. a higher rate. But you have to remember, too, they're also projecting into the future because they're locking in, in some cases, that rate for you for up to 30 years. So, but, so they're, they're kind of projecting I, it over time. So I'm not, I'm not bashing the banks for right. making profit. Okay. That's fine. Um, what I'm, what I'm questioning is how does the fed suck that money back in from banks that are flush with cash? Okay, so basically what they have done, um, well, really over the last 10 to 12 years, but then they accelerated over the last couple of years, is they have bought assets in the market. So they went in, they bought two different asset classes. They bought treasury securities and they bought mortgage-backed securities. And they're sitting with $9 of those. The Fed, $9 trillion worth of those on their balance sheet, which, by the way, as we've talked about before, they bought that with money they created out of nowhere. When we when we do that, we create money out of nowhere and go buy things. It's fraud. When the Fed does it, it's monetary policy. So they created money, which is you know what is driving up the price of everything because it's not productive assets. They just added more to the money supply and they went out into the market and they bought all of these assets. Now, in addition to raising the interest rate, the other thing that you've heard out of the Fed um, from their minutes this week is quantity quantitative tightening. They're going to let that balance sheet run off um, either with direct sales or just by letting those assets mature and not reinvesting the money. And that's what changes the dynamic of getting the money out of the market. Okay, but but you can't just if you bought Treasury bills, (laughs) you can let it expire. But that means the government has to sell that someplace. And uh, right now, the Treasury is not having to really pay interest to the Federal Reserve because (laughs) it's illegal. So those are almost interest-free loans for our debt. And And then the... The rub is when they they take back in any profit off their securities, they actually have to give it by law back to the Treasury. Right. So we're getting, (laughs) we are actually getting free loans, but that ride is going to come to an end. And in 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 high inflation, I mean, you're looking at if I mean, if they can't sell those treasuries and you can't pay the interest rate, then you are technically in default. 
Yeah, as I said, there's sort of two different strategies they have. They either let them mature and then they just run off the balance sheets, you know, because they have them at different um, maturities. So they don't actually sell them into the market. Right. And then the secondary strategy is actually selling them back into the market. But going back to bonds, which is super complicated, it goes back to the differential between yields and the bond prices. Right. So when you, you know, the, they, they trade on an inverse basis, and that's why you're seeing the, the yields increase. Okay, so let's get out of the yield talk. <laughs> let me let me just let, let me just ask one more question on this do, how possible do you think it is that uh i mean the government pensions already have to buy railroad u.s postal service u.s military etc cetera, etc cetera. they have a requirement that those pensions hold 20 percent in treasuries um, it's a great way to force people to buy your treasuries. Now, that's government workers, so whatever. How likely is it that when we run out of people who want to buy our bonds <laughs> and our debt, that they just go to a couple of things? They they go and say, you're not going to get the federal insurance on this unless you buy and balance U.S. treasuries with it. You buy some of the debt. Um, and also the same kind of thing is, with Uncle Sam and ESG, you you won't be able to get insurance unless you buy these certain things. I mean, it's a possibility, but look at what they just did uh, during COVID. There were no international buyers. There were no domestic buyers to stand by and buy trillions of dollars worth of bonds to cover the spending that we did for quote unquote COVID relief. Um, and that's why the Fed bought it. I mean, it was basically the monetization right. of the debt. And obviously that's part of what caused inflation. The thought process is that as they raise interest rates, start to just decrease the balance sheet, they hit a wall. They they can't do it anymore and they right. reverse course and we've seen this happen over and over again over the last 12 years where oh we're going to shrink the balance sheet the market kind of freaks out you know the congress has their spending plans and they change course so the reality is um, in terms of the cycle that there's some point in which they probably end up changing and going back and buying more assets again um <laughs> let me let me let me one more question on the interest rates. The St. Louis Federal Reserve leader has come out and said, we need to raise interest rates immediately by three points. Um, that would bring us to 3.5 at the bank level. Uh, what, it, how does the Fed work? Does the St. Louis Fed guy have much say? What does that mean? Um, well, we've been hearing from a number of people at the Fed, including the what, who's considered to be the the most dovish or the one who's in, in most favor of a lot of support and stimulus, Lyle Brainerd, who's up for vice chair of the Fed. And we've been hearing pretty much sheer panic out of them, which is not really comforting for the market. And it is so frustrating. You should be so angry about this because they had so many opportunities where they could start to raise interest rates or they could have pulled back the buying program, which, as we talked about, has the same impact in terms of rates. They were buying securities up until last month. 
So they could have stopped this a long time ago. They could have had a nice, slow trajectory, um, you know, 25 basis points here, 25 basis points there. They could have put us on a normalization path. Back in June of 2020, the market reached all-time highs. So this this was not something, in my opinion, that was necessary. Um, And, you know, they just sort of didn't let a crisis go to waste. And now the same people who created this situation, who didn't know there was going to be inflation, who didn't realize all these things are going to happen, are now promising they know exactly what to do to save us from you know this economic catastrophe or a recession or whatever it is, um, and the idea that you can just all of a sudden start to run off the securities in a major fashion or to jolt rates and that's not going to have a major uh, uh, repercussions. repercussions across the economy yeah. is absolutely insane. Okay, so I have a piece of good news that I want to run by you because i've seen this more than once and i i would love to get your opinion on this we'll return in 60 seconds with carol roth um but the there's a couple of stories out now that says you know this is going to peak this is going to peak uh you know in in march you know i've been uh, hearing this, that they, the they, they they think we're at the worst of it right yeah but they've been telling us that for a while. i know okay. and that's why okay. i want to hear from carol <laughs> see what she thinks um look one of the things that you should do uh because this whether it peaks this time and then gets better for a little while and we're right back to the edge uh i don't know but i will tell you this your dollar is losing value and it will continue to lose value until it has no value and they will change out to some other coin in the in the uh, history of the world. When the world goes insane, they always return to gold and silver. They return to things that have intrinsic value. That's what you're seeing with Russia and with China. They're going back on gold and oil as their standard. We're not doing that. I don't know exactly what we're basing anything on, uh, but you can do this with your family. And right now, Goldline is the only precious metals company that offers 6% in bonus metals for qualifying IRA orders, which you can either put in your IRA or have delivered directly to you. It's your choice whenever you acquire from Goldline. Just one of the many reasons why so many people love doing business with Goldline. They've been in business for over 50 years. Goldline self-directed IRA program, the most efficient in the industry. And it just takes a couple of steps and you can shore up your IRA and retirement portfolios with physical precious metals. I think everybody should have, if you have the money, and I'm not talking, you know, over 10%, everything you should spread your risk out. Again, don't listen to me for investment. Do your own homework. Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay. Carol, I am reading stories now. I don't know. You know, this is from UBS. Uh, This is from Fortune magazine uh, today. UBS predicts inflation will peak in March as the consumer price index continues to rise. So (laughs) what's happening? So... uh, Basically, nobody has a crystal ball, um, but let's just assume things kind of continue on the trajectory that they're continuing. 
At some point, um, you know, when you go up against a high inflation number and inflation continues to increase on a percentage basis, it's a lower percentage growth. So it doesn't mean that we've stopped inflation altogether. It doesn't mean that we don't still have high inflation. It just means that growth number has sort of reached the highest level that we're going to see. That's not necessarily great news. I mean, if we get to, you know, 10%, 12%, you know, whatever they're showing on the CPI, which we know is undercounting a a whole number of things, um, and then you return back to seven, you know, it peaked at, at 13, but now it's seven. That's still not great. And it's still on top of all of those increases that we have accumulated. We're not going back there. And if our wages aren't keeping pace, that means that your dollar is con- is continually worth less. Um, so, you know, obviously it's better than the idea of, of hyperinflation that, you know, just completely destroys the economy, um, which I don't think we're, we're anywhere near at this point. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to continue to see elevated inflation numbers. And we have so many structural supply demand imbalances. We talked in the previous segment about the undersupply of housing. Um, just look at the labor force, the, the Last number is showing about 1.8 jobs available for every worker who is out there. And so we don't have enough people to fill jobs, which means they're going to demand higher wages, which means that the businesses are going to pass those costs on to consumers. Right. Consumers are going to have a higher cost and say, I need higher wages. And you end up in some sort of a, a wage price spiral. So between you know commodities, between um, jobs and between housing, there's some really structural supply demand imbalances that could keep inflation at elevated levels. Well, Walmart just said they started a 12 12- week program here in texas and in delaware where they are training people to be truck drivers Um, they'll pay for the earning of the license and the training which is four to five thousand dollars plus the average truck driver for walmart was getting eighty seven thousand in their first year now walmart is paying between ninety five and one hundred and ten thousand (laughs) dollars in your first year of driving a truck for walmart that's going to increase the price of everything at Walmart. It is, and it's going to also further consolidate the economy because Walmart's able to do this. I've seen similar um, articles around small business trucking companies who have locked in rates and are not able to pass on increased costs, whether it's fuel or um, the costs of labor you know, to their customers. So guess what's going to end up happening? We're going to have more with Walmart and more with Amazon and fewer small business truckers out there. Carol, thank you so much. Uh, God bless you. Thanks for all your hard work and your article now uh, at The Blaze. Get it now. Creative ways to combat inflation. She is right on target, and she is talking about the things that make sense, not the things from Wall Street or the people that look down on us from Wall Street and uh, think, you know, just take the bus. It's at Blaze TV and Blaze.com. All right, Tunnel to Tower. Sometimes we need to um, defend our defenders. You know, there are people that defend our country and defend our life. Uh, Did you see what's happening in Seattle? Uh, It it is remarkable uh, what's happening in Seattle. People are like, I'm getting out of here um, because it is so crime ridden now. 
and nobody seems to want to be doing it. And the cops, God bless the ones that are still there, huh? Uh, sometimes those cops um, are wounded. Sometimes the fire department has somebody who falls or is severely uh, injured in fighting a fire. And, of course, we know about our military. Let's support them. Let's take care of our heroes and their families. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is there to lift that financial burden. They have several things that they're doing. I just want you to check them out. And if you will, just get on a program, $11 a month to help them with this really honorable mission at T, the number two, T.org, T to T.org. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn, the promo code the Alamo. You can save 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. I want to introduce you to uh, Chris Stewart. Uh, the last time he was on the program, he, he was talking to us about some legislation that would uh, prevent intelligence agencies from spying on the American citizens. I think we already have laws where the government cannot present propaganda to the American people, but I think that's kind of what they're doing right now. Um, the story out today is the U.S. is using intelligence to fight an info war with Russia, even when the intelligence is like, Neh. I mean, I've heard Donald Trump, you know, was in bed with hookers. It's the same people and the same routine. This is getting extraordinarily dangerous. Representative uh, Chris Stewart is with us now. Congressman, how are you, sir? Good to be with you, sir. Thanks for the opportunity to talk to you again. Okay, so you are, uh, you're on, are you on the Intel Committee? Or can you oh, even yeah. tell me that? Yeah. Um, are you on, <laughs> are you on uh, arms, uh, the Armed Services Committee? No, I'm okay. on appropriations as well, but that, of course, is where we fund all of the intelligence yeah. and uh, and national security. Okay, so but you you hold a uh, you hold actually world records in flying. You've you uh, I think you were a colonel or maybe a sergeant or something. Uh, you've been following this for a very very long time, from both a service member and uh, a congressman. Um, when is the last time we saw a an administration use intelligence, ex, with the exception of Donald Trump's impeachment, use intelligence intelligence that had not been vetted and presented it to the press as facts to run a disinformation campaign? Well, we've seen that multiple times. Let me give you two, and I'll bet you're the, they're the two that you're thinking of. And they're the two have been, I think, the most damaging uh, events we've seen out of intelligence or any national security apparatus in my lifetime. The first, you go back to the first Gulf War, where we used intelligence, which was, uh, in hindsight, not just mistaken, but absolutely wrong. We used intelligence to justify and to push a policy that President Bush had already decided he was going to do. And that was, we're going to find weapons of mass destruction or mass destruction in Iraq. Therefore, we have to invade to preclude their use. Right. And it turned out that 
wasn't true. There's no question. And I think more recently, and, and I think even more damaging, was when we had supposed intelligence regarding Russian collusion with President Trump. And that that uh, illusion didn't continue for several months, as, as everyone on his program listening knows. That went on for years. And and in co- uh, co- uh, cooperation with the with the mainstream media, absolutely it led to the near destruction of a president that uh, the intelligence and some other officials thought that he just shouldn't be. So can Having you said that, Glenn? I do think that. Go well, ahead. I, just, I do think there are some some examples some some examples recently where we've used intelligence as it should be used. You can use it to manipulate and control the battlefield. You can use intelligence to uh, shape how how the battle is being perceived in the world. And, and I actually think there's been a couple of good examples of that in the last uh, seven weeks. Okay, give it to me. Well, for example, the intelligence was actually right when we said uh, Vladimir Putin is going to invade Ukraine. And there were some who didn't believe it. I mean, President Zelensky didn't actually accept it. France, the leadership of France and some other NATO nations didn't believe it. But uh, but it turned out that the intelligence was actually pretty solid on that. There's another example, and this was was important, although not well reported, and it was... uh, that was when we said that he, he's going to plant a false flag. President Putin is going to plant a false flag. He's going to create a, what appears to be a, an attack in, in Russian territory. I mean, they went so far as to go get actual corpses, and they mangled and bloodied them up. They paid these uh, these actors to cry and to weep, and they had this destruction. And that was not to convince the United States, but that was to convince China. That was to convince India. That was to convince the Russian people were justified in our attack. And we released that before they could release their own video. And I think that actually was used to a positive effect. So there are some times in the Intel Committee, and I have to give Director Burns uh, a little bit of credit. I think he's been good on some of these things. But to your larger point, that intelligence agencies have either been manipulated or have willingly been used as propaganda there's no question that that's been true uh, right. in, in the last 22 years i don't have a problem if you have good intel go ahead but we're talking about intel that is either hearsay no, nothing's really been vetted and verified and they're lying to us and the press is helping how do we yeah, have any good. confidence in anything like for instance i believe that these war crimes of these mass graves i believe they're real but i'm not gonna bet my life on it i don't know because i don't trust anybody anymore yeah and glenn you and i feel exactly the same on that and i in our private conversations i mean you know that i feel exactly i know i i think the i think the greatest threat facing our country isn't russia or even necessarily it's china it's what you just said it's that no one knows what is true anymore and a republic just simply can't survive when no one believes anything about anything any longer and they kind of get so exhausted by it that they quit caring well, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. There's no way for me to ever know, so I'm just going to move on and accept what they tell me. Uh, and, and, you know, going back to another conversation you know, I've had, Glenn, deep fakes, for example, the ability to so, so uh, expertly and precisely manipulate video that you actually can't tell if it's true or not, even by breaking it down. And and you cannot ever determine if it's true or not. And, you know, that's just one example of where people just throw their hands up in frustration and say, well, you know, maybe these war crimes are happening over there. 
but it could be they're not because technologically they they could show something that appeared to be true but it wasn't and as we've already discussed they have a history of manipulating and being dishonest with the american people and we gave two really good and very powerful examples of that no wonder the american people don't trust many of these things i will tell you i i said the other day there's going to come a time soon very soon that it might even save your life uh to make sure that you are uh, in touch with the spirit, with, you know, the Holy Spirit or the spirit of God, whatever you want to call it. But you listen and obey to that because that's the only thing that you can trust right now. And these things are happening so fast and furious and you don't know who to believe. And I am I'm really terrified of something happening. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen this yet, Chris, but the deep fakes the voice, believe it or not, is harder to trick uh, than the face. And they have not been able to make deep fakes of uh, voices until recently. And they are perfect now. Yeah. Yeah. I like to say, even when you, in a very technical sense, break it down, you can't determine if it's real or not. But two things, if I could, Glenn, and if you'll allow me to join in your philosophical comment. And that is, I I, uh, 100% agree with you that people are going to have to determine on their own what's real and what's not. And if you believe in the battle of good and evil, if you believe in in the existence of Satan, the existence of, of God and Satan or light and darkness, you have to know that Satan is just laughing about this. Mm. This is this is perfect for him. He is the one generating uh, this uncertainty, this doubt, this hesitation. It's to his benefit because the Bible makes it clear the spirit of God is a spirit of freedom and Satan seeks to destroy the freedom of every people. And if he can use these tools to do that, and it, it, I think it really is going to come down to this individual uh, discernment that people are going to have to are going to have to have. And by the way, I think people are beginning to see that and beginning Me to too. develop uh, or, or to refine that discernment so that they do and then sense what is real and what's not. Uh, one one last uh, topic. Are we really going to say that the Revolutionary Guard in Iran is off the terrorist list? Is that, is that possible that that's happening? Well, with this administration, of course it's possible. Oh my God. And I think it's likely. And you tell me wait, how wait, that could wait. possibly be a good idea. Likely? I think it is, under our understanding of this agreement. Uh, it's certainly on the table. Now, we haven't seen the details of the agreement, but it's unquestionably on the table. And it, look, how can that be surprising when you've got Russia as our intermediary with Iran? And with the Russian officials go back to their own people and say, holy cow, it's unbelievable what the U.S. has conceded on this. So, yeah, it's absolutely on the table. And as I said, it's probably likely. But, Glenn, that's just one example. How can you look at that and say, that's a good idea? How can you look at the southern border and say, that's a good idea? How can you look at more government spending inflation and say, that's a good idea? I mean, the list goes on and on of things. You just think, this is insane. You have to know what this is doing to America. You have to know what this is doing to our national security. And yet they're doing it. So, I mean, it's shocking, but in a way, it's not very shocking that they would concede something like that and say, yeah, Kuds Force, uh, Iranian Republican Guard, yeah, they're not so bad. Maybe we should take them off to a terrorist watch list now. Congressman Chris Stewart, thank you so much, sir. God bless. Good to be with you. Thank you. You bet. You can follow him at stewart.house.gov. 
let me um, let let me uh, uh, cap this conversation and this week with with this thought. I've said it before um, earlier this week, and uh, I want you to listen carefully. Those who hear these kinds of things, um, it is vital right now that you do what you have to do to strengthen your relationship to God and hearing what he is telling you to do. You are listening to this program right now for a reason. And I am receiving mail and everything that I have never seen before in my lifetime. I have never seen and met so many people who are like, you know, I just have this feeling that I'm supposed to do not reject that feeling. Do not hesitate on that feeling. I mean, unless it's a feeling of I just feel like I should build a nuclear weapon and launch it. Um, That's not coming from God. Um, But if it is to uh, to protect your family, if it is to move, not move, whatever it is. And you always know it's God when it's unreasonable and you're like, no, uh, no, either I can't do that or I really don't want to do that. That's a pretty clear signal. It's probably from God. Um, Do not dismiss those things. Uh, I believe, as Billy Graham told me once, uh, the Lord is working on something and it is a mosaic and it will be just millions of people all around the world that are just standing doing exactly what they're told to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Just do what you're what you're feeling you're supposed to do and don't hesitate don't hesitate what if your uh, your plan is to come camp out in front of the studios until glenn walks in so you can tell him your wonderful ideas and you know what is crazy is the spirit right now is telling me to kill you <laughs> and, and that's Ow. unusual because that that's is... what i just said wouldn't be coming from god but i'm willing to roll the dice <laughs> you are so okay. yes i am all right <laughs> Here is our uh, sponsor. It's Rough Greens. Um, we keep getting pictures of new dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, think, it's happening. Yeah. I think Bandit is going to be a part of our life. I think that's the new dog. Bandit. Bandit. I nice. think so. I and think so. this is a name chosen before the dog is chosen? Uh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. no. We buy dogs that are like three years old. Oh, right. Because they're right. protection animals. And so they already come with a name. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and you uh, can't screw with that. I'm changing my name to Johnny Quest. Really? But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Rough Greens. If your dog, uh, you want your dog to live a long life, be really healthy, be active. This is a great way to do it. Uh, we try to fo- feed Uno all kinds of different food and he wouldn't eat it he wouldn't eat anything we started putting rough greens on top and he gobbles his food now every night we haven't had believe it or not it's like yes your food sir and then we'd have to stand there like a butler uh until he finished his meal otherwise he was just not interested no you will stand there while i eat uh now he doesn't care now we put rough greens on and I've seen a huge difference in him, in his activity level, in his 
I don't know, just his attitude. Everything has changed. Rough Greens. Try a free bag right now. Make sure your dog will eat it and then order the next bag and just just watch them change over six months. It's incredible. Rough Greens. R-U-F-F Greens dot com slash Beck. Rough Greens dot com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, Stanley. You're on the Glenn Beck Program. Hi, Glenn. Uh, really appreciate your program. Thank you. Um, I, I'm i so glad to hear you talking about this. The inspiration is so mm-hmm. important, yeah. and you cannot avoid listening to it. You need to pay attention to when you're inspired. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm particularly happy you've been talking about this because about three weeks ago, I, I drove up to Texas from Columbia, <laughs> And I've been living in your linen closet. You been? Um, yes. And I'm what? waiting for you to come in, and and I need to tell you about a special message I've received. Now, it didn't sound exactly like God, per se, but it was loud, <laughs> right. and it right. did tell what? me to bring a lot of sharp objects. Right. Right. Uh, so if you could just, at some point, walk into your linen closet, uh, well, ideally backwards, Stan- uh, with a blindfold on. Stanley, and, the, the good news is... Uh, this will fail, not because you told me, but because I have no idea where my linen closet is. <laughs> so, thank you. You're, well, you're, you are drawing. No. If there is someone out no. there who's like, I'm going to show up. No, please. And I, no, no, no. That's please, never a good idea, please, right? Please, please, please. There are a lot of people. Uh, I mean, the, the fastest way not to be heard is to drive from Canada uh, and not make a, a, an appointment. Uh, no, it doesn't. That doesn't happen. No, with um, all the security stuff, obviously, but, yeah. you can't do that. So please don't. Please don't do that. And honestly, this is the promptings are for you. They're for you, and they're things that you need to do. Um, if it's like I've got to get this idea because Glenn's got to do it. No, God has a more efficient way of giving me that information. Mm. Um, you know, you stand and do what you're supposed to do and connect at a local level. This you should go to your linen closet, though. Back program. Really? 